Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, April 26th. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators begin a huge week of action. Nashville SC gets yet another come-from-behind draw. We will hear from Josh Ward of WNML. And of course, the NFL Draft is finally here. Hello, people who live in houses and like money and like being happy. Are you one of those people? Well, then you need to know who the Kingston Group is. That's right, the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. When they do work on your home, they're going to try to do work that makes you happy. They're going to try to do work that makes you proud of your home. And more importantly, most importantly, they're going to do work that makes your home appreciate, that makes you money. So remember the Kingston Group. Whenever you're ready for a big remodel or a new build or a new addition, make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. That's the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Check out their work, BuildKG.com. Well, after a long wait, it is finally here. NFL Draft Week is upon us. The first round, of course, on Thursday evening. And as of Sunday evening, the Titans are still picking 22nd in the first round. There are a lot of things that could happen in the first round. And you're going to hear from a lot of different people this week on the show with predictions on what we think the Titans are going to do on Thursday and even on Friday as well. But I'm going to start this week with one big PSA for all you Titans fans, which seems to be sort of on brand for this show lately. And that is I want one of two things. I want them to trade the pick first and foremost. If they can move back and add top 100 players to this draft class by dropping down 5, 8, 10 spots, I've said it 100 times and I'll say it again, that's my top priority. But number two, I don't want a wide receiver. I want Caleb Farley. I want a lockdown corner. If the medical doctors clear him, I want a lockdown cover corner in the first round because you can only get lockdown cover corners and pass rushers in the first round. You can get wide receivers in a lot of other rounds. So my first message on Monday of the NFL Draft Week don't take a wide receiver in the first round. Or he better be Calvin freaking Johnson. The Volunteers had a practice on Saturday. And before I give you my reaction, I will let Josh Ward of WNML tell you exactly what he saw on Saturday in Dillon Stadium. I'm not sure that we learned something about Tennessee during the orange and white game as much as we had our pre-spring thoughts confirmed. Tennessee's offense under new coach Josh Heupel is going to go fast and it's going to try to make big plays. And the Vols were able to do that on Saturday And my guess is they'll be successful at a fairly high rate this fall, certainly more so than Tennessee was on offense under Jeremy Pruitt. We have to be careful about judging off a spring game. Tennessee was limited with its defensive personnel this past weekend and probably won't have a great defense when everyone is available. Tennessee's quarterback battle will be the talk of the summer. I think the starting spot is legitimately open and now suspended freshman Caden Salter and transfer Joe Milton are expected to enter the equation. So the competition still has a long way to go. Tennessee has a long way to go. But the team probably accomplished what it wanted to on Saturday. Showed that the offense has breakout potential. Tennessee has talented skill position players. They will have a chance to be successful this fall. And they will probably need to be. Because Tennessee will have to rely on the offense a lot of the time in 2021. That's Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville. Always appreciate his time. For better or for worse, the experience Saturday for Vols fans was as predictable as a Jim Chaney offense, which in this case is actually maybe a good thing because the offense didn't look anything like a Jim Chaney offense. Is that going to be enough to score lots of points this year and win or just score lots of points? Who knows? Is there a quarterback on this roster that is capable of elevating this scheme to a Drew Locke level of efficiency? Not that I've seen so far. Is there plenty of talent around the trigger man to help this offense go? Absolutely. Will any of this matter if Tennessee can't get stops? Maybe not. 
So the offense looked solid and the defense looked like garbage. Okay, that's what we thought. And you already heard Josh say that. But maybe we can say a few more things with just a little bit more confidence. This Tennessee team will obviously be a far better coach team than the last three years. And there should be plenty of optimism about the diversity of weapons that Josh Heupel can deploy. If a quarterback steps forward and separates themselves, that would be the ideal situation and give this offense the best opportunity moving forward, regardless of age or experience level of the player. If one of these quarterbacks does that, then this team can win its swing games and maybe get to a bowl game on the back of an upper half SEC offense. If not, well, we know the defense isn't going to win you anything in 2021. We begin a monstrous week in the NHL this Monday and the Central Division as both Nashville and Dallas will host back-to-backs to start the week. Then we culminate with a meeting between the two clubs on Saturday at Bridgestone Arena that likely could decide a trip to the postseason. Unless either Nashville or Dallas completely wets the bed this week, which is possible for either considering the level of competition. First, Nashville. The Preds will face Florida on Monday and Tuesday night at home, a team fighting for a division championship with Carolina and Tampa. Statistically, and from a talent standpoint, Florida is the quote-unquote worst of the top three teams in the division, and Nashville has beaten them twice in the six meetings this year already. A split would be considered a solid showing and would definitely not be wetting the bed. At least one, if not two points, is needed from the Preds in these two games. Dallas, meanwhile, hosts Carolina on Monday and Tuesday. And while they've won only once in their six meetings against the Hurricanes, Dallas has taken Carolina to overtime two other times. After Tuesday's games, Nashville will get to rest for three days before facing the Stars at home on Saturday night. Meanwhile, Dallas has to travel to Tampa on Thursday and face the defending cup champions before heading to Smashville. It's an extra game, and it's difficult, but it's also an extra chance to collect points. After that meeting coming up on Saturday, Dallas will have five more games to compile points, while Nashville will have just four. The strength of schedule is starting to even out. The tiebreakers are starting to even out. All good news for Nashville. And even statistically, the odds from all the data nerds out there for both teams literally changes by the day. So essentially, we are in a 50-50 race to the finish. And there's more good news. Nashville might be getting healthier at the right time as well. Philip Forsberg and Dante Fabro could be back in the lineup any time. So hold on to your butts, folks. This is going to be a wild ride to the end, and these next six days are going to be big time. Let's see who rises to the occasion. Let's see if the young talent on this roster holds its own, and let's see if the leadership, the veteran players, and the coaching staff can collect critical points this week and get themselves into the playoffs. Another two-goal first-half home deficit and another two-goal comeback to grab a draw and a point for Nashville SC. Montreal scored in the 13th minute to take a one-goal lead and then again in the 42nd minute to head into halftime up 2-0. Then, just like in Week 1, Nashville completely dominated play in the second half and, just like Week 1, the exciting boys in gold were able to put two in the back of the net and tie the game and steal a point. Yonder Cadiz scored his second goal of the year and Hani Mukhtar tied the game in the 77th minute. Yes, there are plenty of ways to view this outcome again. You can be satisfied with a point, a comeback, and the offense's midseason form. Or you could be pissed off that this team has surrendered four goals in the first half of just two games in a very un-Gary Smith-like fashion. Here's how I choose to look at it. This is the best offensive soccer we've seen from this franchise, and we are seeing it right out of the gate without a whole lot of time spent together on the field in the preseason. We know that the defense will always be there, so fans shouldn't be too concerned about it rounding into form as the season goes along. The offense last season took forever and some new additions to find its shape, and when it did, Nashville went on a run. 
if this team is a more complete team all season long, they are going to be one of the better teams in the conference once again. And almost as importantly, the product will be far easier to sell to new fans. There are two great ways to sell tickets and put butts in seats and build a brand. That's win matches, win games, be successful, and look good doing it. An exciting offensive brand of soccer combined with wins and star power is how you build that loyal, dedicated following in just your second season. While there is still plenty for this club to work out after just two matches, it has been extremely exciting soccer, and they have managed to avoid a loss in both outcomes. Next up is Inter-Miami on Sunday at noon. Elsewhere across the state, the Grizzlies had a huge weekend with not one but two wins over Portland. John Morant scored 33 points with 13 dimes in Friday night's 130-128 win, and Morant added 28 in the 120-113 win on Sunday night. Memphis is now just a half a game back of the Blazers for 7th place in the Western Conference, and the weekend's performance could not have come at a better time. The Grizz are one game up on the Spurs for 8th place, and just a game and a half up on the Warriors, who sit in 10th place. Vanderbilt's baseball squad took 2 out of 3 from a top 5 SEC opponent for the second straight weekend. Vandy won Friday and Sunday against number 4 Mississippi State to stay just one game ahead of the Tennessee Volunteers who, after some weather, disrupted their flow, also got back into the win column with a 2-1 series win over Texas A&M, including a 20-run thrashing of the Aggies on Sunday. Vandy is 13-5 in the SEC, and Tennessee is 12-6, with four weekend series left to play before the SEC tournament. This last month is going to be legitimately fun to track. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall, of course. Much appreciated. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Special thanks to our great sponsor, The Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They're award-winning, I might add. Go check out their work at buildkg.com. The scoreboard does the talking. I promise you it is spectacular and very real. So go check it out. Buildkg.com is the website. The Kingston Group. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.